Don't ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Alright my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. Yo, what's good my podcast friends, it is Adam here and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio where we take it from the YouTube live stream where you guys can get your questions answered on anything around dating, relationships and social dynamics in the world of human interaction. This episode is brought to you by Bulldozer.com where you guys can pick up my ebook, The Crash Course to Kick-Ass Day Game where you guys can get your day game sorted, action guide there, pair it up with a 30-day challenge and you'll be sweet. Also, booking one-on-one Skype coaching, dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to create actual change in your life. Ongoing packages are available for those that wish to join the bowl inside which get the perks of priority messaging and priority session bookings and of course those day game foundational boot camps where you guys can have the path of illumination laid out for your social skill set, create the freedom of choice in your dating life and no longer be scared of what it means to go up to an attractive woman wherever you are, whenever you are and be able to bring the best of your 50. If you guys would like to donate to this pod to support what's going on here, you can do so through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, just my full name, Adam Ui. And anything you donate is tremendously appreciated. I'm extremely humbled and grateful. Thank you so much. And with that being said, it's time to dive into this social Q&A live. Let's go. Anyway, so what he said to me on last week's live stream was, is from Nice Mac. I don't know the difference between love or lust. When I first saw the girl, I instantly like her. She rejected me, which left a bad taste in my mouth. How do I move on? Get over her. P.S. We work together. So there's actually multiple issues with his message there. There's, there's, there's obviously multiple red flags that if we were doing a straight potter, if this was a straight podcast, I would be breaking down a lot of what he said, there, especially the part where he said, you know, she rejected me, which left a bad taste in my mouth. I want to know why. I want to know... Uh, what was going on in his mind, what type of expectations, what type of result, what type of peach he was looking to see that left that bad taste. But that's actually not the topic of what we're doing today. The first part of his question, uh, the first part of it was just, I don't know the difference between love or lust. And without bullshitting you guys and spending too much time just fapping about, the difference between love and lust, very pragmatically for me, is will you come home with me? Or will you build a home with me? When you think about that, do you want that person to come home with you? Or do you actually want to build a home with them? Do you want to walk with me? Or do you want to run with me? When I think about that love versus lust, that is the true... Actually, you can think about it in a thousand ways. Will you walk with me or will you run with me? Will you nest with me or will you fly with me? Will you dive with me? Or will you swim with me? That is the difference between love and lust. And actually at the deepest, most profound level, it's do you look at me or do you see me? And for those of you just listening on audio right now, I want you to really breathe that in. For those of you in the live stream right now, breathe that in. And if you think about all love stories, it's not lust stories. And I'm going to, I want to type it. We're going to dive in between different stories for sure. But when you just think of that at the core level, all the great love stories of all time, they all feature one thing, and it is the crossing of the threshold between lust and love. When you think about lust, lust is, is that passion. And there's a great quote from a very, very wise woman who I do not remember her name, but she, uh, I remember this, it's stuck in my mind. It's from a tantric sex book, actually. She said something that's stuck in my mind, which is that love is what's left over after being in love is burnt away. And when I think about that core found, profound level, the deep level of, well, listen, do I just look at you or do I see you? Only can you see someone 
when the mask of what you were looking at has burnt away. That's the way I see the difference between uh, love and lust. And I feel like if we get, if it's a little bit, a lot of little philosophy, a lot of deep shit right from the beginning, but if we pack it up just a second and just bring it straight back to Nice Mac who dropped this question, he just doesn't know the difference between love or lust. Tactically, the way that you can just get around that is by through experience. You know, a lot of guys get confused and girls actually in general, just inexperience leads to an inability to tell the difference between love and lust. If you've only had two or three partners in your life, by the way, shout out to those of you who are dropping comments in the uh, in the live stream. Just during the main content, I see you, I see you, but I wanna, I'm, I'm on, a, I'm on a fire right now. I'm on fire right now, so I'll let this run. But start thinking of questions for sure when Q and A comes. But just tactically, if you want to know the difference between love and lust, is that you just need to get in front of more mirrors. You need to see more masks. You need to be in front of more girls. You need to be in front of more people that you feel this for, because lust is like a drug. Lust is very much like a drug in which that you... Oh, shucks. Shucks, I see that super chat. Thank you so much, my friends. Um, holy shit. So let me pause that. I see that super chat. And I'm pretty sure YouTube does not let the super chats uh, disappear in the comments. So I'll get back to that in a second. But let me finish this point, which is that the inexperience of being drugged by lust, that confuses someone into thinking that it is love. And when I was talking to you guys before about really like of all those profound level examples I gave you of the difference between love and lust just the first one there is probably the easiest if you're very new to this to grab onto which is well first off am I just going to spend a night with this person you can extrapolate that out to a week to a month max I would get I would say anything beyond that you're starting to get a little bit deeper with but do I just want to bring this person home or do I actually want to make a home with them and if we can just flesh that out for a second, the confusion for people who are inexperienced and start to think that, look, they blur those lines. They think that the girl that they see, the girl that they met at the club one night and they had an amazing wild night of absolute passion with her is that, and you can't stop thinking about her. And actually that's the second message. That's the second message. I told you, oh, I didn't tell you guys. I told you guys at the gram. Shout out to Uwe Tang one double O-I Tang one get there if you're not. Uh, there's another message. There's another message from a guy who's just emotionally invested in this girl, stuck on her, frozen on her, and he's blurring the line between lust and love. And it causes tremendous, tremendous pain. Because when you're drugged on lust and you aren't able, and you, your dosage, your dosage is far too high in, the lust, uh, in that lust injection. And you start to mistake that for what love is, then you start to invest far more than you ever needed to far more than was ever required, far more than she even wanted from you or that he wanted from her. It goes both ways. And that's when you start to get a whole bunch of attachment. I've, I go on this again and again, day after day, in terms of what we should and should not be attached to. It's a much deeper conversation, but if we just keep it in on this thing of love versus lust, if you could take one tactical tip right now, nice smack is listening to this, is that just observe how much you're investing, how much you're attaching. Because that'll often tell you as to how, what kind of dosage you're taking on this lust. And that's when you can start to separate. And what I was talking about before, that all great love stories is the journey of crossing the threshold between lust and love. That you no longer just look at this person, but you now see them. I was at the gym yesterday. I was at the gym yesterday uh, doing trap bar deads for the first time. By the way, just cheeky side note, Tangent. It was my first time doing trap bar deads, which for those of you who don't, don't know what that is, if you imagine a, a normal deadlift bar uh, where your hands are out in front of you, 
the trap bar dead is where your hands are on the side. So it's almost like a farmer's carry, if you kind of can imagine that. Just search it on Google. And anyways, side tangent. But when I rocked up, I was like pumped. I was ready to go. I was fired up. And I get into the gym. There's no one in the gym except for two absolute dime pieces. Two of the sexiest girls I've seen in a while. And, you know, just like, just imagine that Gymshark fitness girl, right? Just like the, the tights and the tight pants that are painted on. And these girls squad, like you can tell. You can tell these girls been putting in work on the, uh, on the glute bridge. And they were uh, just, just physically, physically straight tense for sure. And the old Adam, the younger Adam, who did not know the difference between love or lust, right? even just in this micro moment here, and this is actually the principle behind it, which is that discerning the difference between the two is that when I can see and I look at these two, while the, the lust in that situation is that I'm recognizing the physical attraction, that my physical attraction for these two absolute dime pieces, that is where the passion is, and that's what lies behind that lust. However, the differentiation for me is that but I, that's all I'm looking at. That's all I'm looking at. I don't know what it's going to be like when I see them. Can I even see them? And that's see them. See them. And that's why now, bringing back to tactics, why you need to get on as many day twos as you can. It's why you need to get out on as many dates as you possibly can in a low-key, low-investment manner that shows you the difference between lust and love. And for guys and uh, girls as well, but definitely for guys that are learning to a cold approach, you often see them make tremendous mistakes in the day two process, huge mistakes, because they think that this, this girl, this girl is going to be it. They had an amazing interaction. If I could tell you the amount of interactions I've had uh, through this process over the last eight to nine years where the girl absolutely blew my fucking mind on the street, in the club, in that one night, so many times where that, that, that the dosage, I was drugged on lust of this girl. And then we get out on the day two and this girl, when I finally get to see her, isn't the girl that I thought she was. She is not the girl I thought it was. I'll give you guys a story from my own journey right now. Let me get some, let me get some matcha in. Uh, there was a, it was a typical day game session. This is a few years ago now uh, in Rundle Mall in Adelaide. And I stopped these two girls and actually, I didn't know that they were together. They were kind of like walking apart from each other at the same time that I stopped her. But I went up to this one girl and I stopped her and a friend came in. Ended up being a two set. I'm talking. It's good. However, really quickly, the girl that I was really interested in started crying. What? <laughs> How did it get to that? Zero to 100. She started crying. And it was only because I asked her, you know, um, how's your two? once we've gone through qualification, we start to slide into investment. And I'm just getting to the real shit. I'm just like, so what have you guys been up to today? And the girl that I'm interested in, she just starts crying. Not bawling, not absolute bawling, but just starts like tears start coming out. And I'm like, whoa, what the fuck happened here? Like I actually like, kind of got a little bit freaked out. I still haven't experienced anything like this since then. This is probably an old timer. And her friend says to me that, oh, she just, uh, she like put her friend puts her arm around the girl who's crying. And she says, oh, well, it's my friend here. She actually just broke up with her boyfriend today. And I'm like, oh shit. Okay. I had no idea. And I'm like, but I don't, but I still don't quite understand why you're crying. I don't understand what, was there something that I said? And the girl who's crying says to me, yeah, it was something that you said. You said that I was beautiful. Just breathe that in for a sec. 
she broke out with her boyfriend earlier that day. And of course, when I'm doing an approach, when I meet a girl, of course, I'm going to be direct. And no doubt, I'd said to her just before, you know, I think you look beautiful today. I had to come say hey. And it just like, it was a bit of a time delay. A little bit of time delay of her. She started crying. And so I'm like, okay, well, obviously this is not a good time right now for us to try and have an interaction. So let's exchange digits. We'll meet up for a tea or coffee sometime. She's like, absolutely, for sure. I text her that night. We set up for the day two tomorrow. Come out Saturday morning. That was Friday night, Saturday morning. Come out on the day two. While at the time, I remember walking away from that going like, well, this girl is so emotionally vulnerable. And during that interaction, I was feeling her big time. We're feeling each other. And I'm like, this is going to be amazing. Step out onto the day two. And we get our tea. We walk down to the garden. And she's a completely different girl than I thought she was. She is so wrapped up in her mind. So the girl that I was looking at is not the girl that I can see. And when I was talking before about the only way that we see someone is when the mask of what we were looking at has burnt away. And through this process of no restaurant, no movie, no skydiving, no fucking financial investment that would blur the line between, or not even blur the line, but block me from being able to remove the mask from someone. I don't want any of that. That's why on a day two, all I need, and I've said this a million times, I'll continue to say it, all I need on a day two is four square feet. Just give me four square feet and I'll get to know someone and I'll get to remove their mask and see who they really are. If they will even allow me to do that. And that tells me more, just as much about someone, just as much about someone if they won't even remove their mask, which is quite interesting. And if even if you think about what love is, isn't this good? Have a think about it right now, just in your own mind right now. What is love? What would you, what would you even consider love? For me, when we say, when I, or at least when I think about love and when people say, and difference between love and lust, but for sure with just love itself, Love is being able to see someone and having them see you in which that you can be so vulnerable that you could remove your mask of this person. And when you are in love with someone, when you are in love with someone, that is the journey because there is a very big difference between being in love with someone and loving someone. That is the difference between uh, lust and love itself. And I think that's, uh, at least on that guy's one question, I hopefully, hopefully that brings some light and some value to you as to uh, the difference between your love and lust. And what I'll just say here tactically to the nice smack who dropped that comment, which is, hey man, if you're so inexperienced that you can't tell the difference between the two and that you see this girl and you think you instantly like her and that instantly translates to you, oh, well, I instantly love this girl now and now this is going to be our lives together and this is the children we're going to have and this is the house we're going to have. What I'd say is that you have such a lack of referential experience, such a lack of real world experience in which that you've been in front of many different girls at which stage I thought I loved this girl at the beginning and then the next day when I got down on the beach with her and she was just an absolute bitch. How about this? You guys remember that uh, Day Game Sessions 3 video? That uh, blonde Russian girl? We were, oh fuck, she lit me up. She lit me up in that video, that video, in that interaction, right? We had a day two the next day She's number one. She's taken the number one spot now for the most horrible human being I've ever met. <laughs> oh, shit. That's, of course, me a bit extreme. But actually not. I mean, that's me a bit funny about it. But what I mean horrible, what I mean is that I've never met a more toxic person in my entire life. No. No. Especially, especially not in a feminine way. Especially not under the context of that we're on a date. That's for a different story. Like, I will, I'll probably want to do an entire podcast on that, actually. Actually, I do want to, but I need to. Uh, that's not for now. But she was lighting me up 
she was lighting me up when we first met. And you can even go watch that interaction. You can see the, the polarity between us in a masculine and feminine way. And maybe a younger Adam would have been extremely distraught and depressed after that day two in which that he had to walk away from her because she was so toxic. But, like, but she was so amazing the day before. And he would be confused between, well, ah, fuck, because he, older Adam for sure, younger Adam, I should say, back in the day, used to plan out his entire life with these girls because he was so scarce at the time that just the one girl that would that would enter his life, and this is the case for so many people, that when the, mo- the one girl that enters your life and then all of a sudden you start planning out the rest of your lives together, when you have not crossed the threshold, crossed the threshold between lust and love, you are still getting drugged on lust. And so but because many years down the track now, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me that a girl the day before who was just presenting as a girl that I want to dive so deeply on but then the next day presents a completely bipolar toxicity which I could never have expected and was the most toxic person I've ever met uh, especially definitely in a feminine being but probably of all people probably of all people if not number two if not top two definitely no yeah top two for sure and so but I never got attached to her I never attached to the potential outcome of having a sexual experience of her, to the potential outcome of having a relationship, of having children of her, of creating a life together. And that in there, in that zone right there, is where through experience, and the only way that I know that is because I've been through so many experiences where a girl was lighting you up the day before and the very next day she, she either drops you cold or she turned cold or she wasn't the person you thought she was or, or just through the process of getting to know each other, you realize you just don't align. You know, there's, there's so many different ways you can look at this. So smack, what I'd be saying to you is that you just need to get out and meet more people. And also, because if you look at his message, when he says that you know, she rejected me, which left a bad taste in my mouth, even just that right there, the fact that a bad taste was left in your mouth after a woman rejected you, what that tells me is that you were attached. You were egoically attached to a potential outcome. What that outcome was, I don't know. What that was for you, I don't know. But that's something for you to look into. That's something for you to go. That's something for you to dive into your own psychological warehouse, your own psychological temple and think about, well, what is it about my current thought process that leads me to believe that, or leads me to even allow myself to have a bad taste in my mouth? Because what that tells me is that in your mind, you had only expected that this was going to go sunshine and roses. That this is just going to be peaches and cream. That there was never a potential that because just because you felt like, oh shit, instant love with this girl, she's going to reciprocate. And just because she didn't reciprocate, what? She's a bad person? What? You don't respect her anymore? Oh, you know, this is where guys go down. So you just need more experience. I would take a hard swing at the fact that you have probably had less than 10 interactions less than met less than 10 girls in your life in which that you felt that instant connection with you felt that instant love for and actually to the question of uh of when lust does cross over into love when that threshold does happen can it happen in a moment is this idea of love love at first sight no to me it's never love at first sight it's lust at first sight and but however in a satori like moment you can get to the place with someone in which that your chemistry is aligned in which that you feel so vulnerable and she felt so vulnerable to the point where actually let's just take the masks off and that happens so damn quickly that it almost appears as if it was instantly that you two were just so comfortable together to remove your masks in which that we're no longer just looking at each other but we now see each other 
That is where I think people get confused between love at first sight. It was never love at first sight. It was always powerful lust at first sight. It was always lust at first sight. It's just how long does it take for you to, and how long does it take for you once the connection is there? Obviously, the connection has to be there. But once you guys establish that there is a connection there, am I vulnerable enough to show her who I really am? Is she vulnerable enough to show me who she really is? And there, that can blossom from there. So I feel like, uh, yeah, more experience. More experience for that guy, okay? Now, there's another message that I want to dive into from Jay on Instagram. Shout out to Wetang1. Uh, and it was amazing because these two don't know each other, but they sent messages on the exact same thing, essentially. So I want to dive into this. I just want to dive into the chat here for just a second because uh, there's a few comments popping up. Um, however, of course, just as you guys know, I just want to touch base for you as I take a brief pause here. Yes, so much. In this first 20 minutes of the live stream, we're just banging out content. And as, if for those of you that have just joined in, uh, if you're not able to catch the live stream or the full thing, it will be available on YouTube, but I'm also going to be stripping the audio and making a full podcast out of it. And uh, that, so that'll be there for you, but drop your questions. And uh, as I said before as well, copy and paste your question because a lot of the questions did not appear when I reviewed this live stream last time. They only showed up at the end, but they didn't show up during the live streams. So I don't know what the fuck was going on there. But I just want to dive in here. So uh, just look at a few of these these comments here. Do a collaboration with Sahud Kala. Yeah, okay, that's an interesting one. We had a good time the first time. Uh, Tony Nguyen, Knowledge Bombs, thank you very much. And Shucks dropped that super chat with the Canadian $5. I'm so grateful, Shucks. Thank you very much. He says, 10 toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. Well said, thank you so much. And for those of you that are wondering what the super chat is, because I'm very new to it as well, but we had, uh, I was so humbled by the super chats in the last sesh. Basically, uh, for those of you that do want to donate to this channel through the Super Chat, all of that money that comes through the Super Chat goes right back into this channel in terms of production, in terms of in, in, uh, upscaling the equipment, doing what we're able to do here. That's what it's all about. So, uh, And I think and I will dive in on your question. I will put your question to the top. Actually, there's a lot of questions that I just didn't get time to get around to last time because we spent so, went so hard on those Super Chats. So you guys can do that if you wish. Um, Infinite Paradox, should we do... Really like the do you see me or do you look at me? Yeah, it's good, huh? It is good. I'm glad you resonate. Uh, worst time to do laundry, BRB. Okay, so there's a lot more things going on here. Uh, a lot more questions. I see you racing. I see you, East, uh, Ian. Morning, Adam. Yeah. Ian, you're from the UK, aren't you? It's got to be like 2 a.m. So uh, what are you doing up? So anyways, I want to get... This is the second half of the main content here. I just want to dive in on this guy's uh, DM from the gram. Uh, I'm just not going to use his full name because it's quite personal. It's quite personal. Why is the comments here? This is on Dropbox. Okay, here we go. So this is the second part of the context of why I wanted to hit up Love versus Lust. Even though we just went hard, went hard on uh, on that nice smack, this just brings more of a story to it. This is really painful in a really good way. So Jay said to me on the gram, Hey man, I have a question if you have some time. Up until recently, a few weeks back, I met this girl in my apartment and I just began reading this book called Models by Mark Manson and he says to be emotionally emotionally vulnerable. And I knew from the start we both would be flying our separate ways to college in less than two months and that two months is ending in two weeks, excuse me, and two months is ending in two weeks and it's starting to hurt, man, and I can't do anything about it. I can't stop thinking about it. All my friends tell me that I should be in the moment and enjoy it but I can't help thinking I won't ever find a girl like her. And damn, that sucks. 
Also, I've never been emotionally invested in a girl. Like personality-wise, she checks my boxes. Like I can feel the pain in my stomach time to time. And my mind can't stop going back, can't stop going back to this girl throughout the day. I think it also ties to the fact that I can't have this, so I want it more. Hmm. I could do a whole podcast on just that one, just that one thing right there. But it really just goes back to everything I said. For those of you that are in the live stream right now, what do you think he's drugged on? For those of you that were here since the beginning of the content, or the who, those of you that have been listening on the potter, and as I often do in the potter, I often take moments just for you guys to to be engaged to learn with me, to dive in through this context with me. Don't just be this 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 Cheeto finger licking couch potato who's just, just consume, consume. No, I want you to work. I want your minds to work. When you listen to that story right there from that guy, what's he drugged on? He's drugged on the lust. He's drugged on the lust of this girl that was that he was providing that and look at the confusion. It's the exact same confusion I was talking about before in which that because he's drugged on lust with this girl, he's starting to confuse that line between I love this girl. And so when he talks about the pain in his stomach, when he talks about how, but I can't help thinking I won't ever find a girl like her, that is the consciousness altering state that comes through being drugged on lust, which is beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. It's incredible. It's, it's something that, which is why so much, if you really think about it, if you really think about the way our lives are set up, they are all set up around the premises or the idea that we eventually want to find someone that will see us and that we can see them at the core level that we're just, none of us want to spend the rest of our lives just walking around in superficial relationships in which that we're just looking at each other. We all long for that, what this guy longs for, Right? Whether he's even reached that moment with her, I can't say, but he's already projecting it. You can tell he's already projecting it. When he says, I can't stop thinking about it. All my friends tell me, tell me that I should just be in the moment and enjoy it. And you know, he says he's never been emotionally invested in a girl before. She checks all his boxes. He can feel pain in his stomach from time to time. Can't start going back. Start, can't, can't stop going back to this girl throughout the day. You know, it's beautiful. And what I would also take another swing at is that this guy has very little experience, you know, and obviously relative, relative. We're all just living our own journeys. I would take a swing. I don't know. Maybe he's been with, say, three to five girls, maybe at maximum. I wouldn't say anymore. I wouldn't take a guess anymore. If it was anymore, I would be severely surprised. I'd be very surprised if he had been through the emotional dance of crossing the threshold between lust and love with a woman more than five times with different girls based on the way he's speaking right now. And this is something I was thinking about just the other day, which is that there's a lot of boys that look like men. There's a lot of boys that look like men. Just because we get older, and the point I was making that, just because you get older doesn't mean you automatically learn this lesson. Because you might think, well, just through getting older, I might be able to discern the difference between the fact that I'm just drugged on lust with this girl right now, which is what this guy is, and that I don't actually... because listen, we haven't had time to burn off our masks. We have not had time to burn off our masks. Not saying that you need years to be able to burn off the mask. Like I said, sometimes it's just, it happens in a moment. Sometimes it can happen in a moment for sure. But let's talk about purpose here. Let's talk about hierarchy here. Life hierarchy. When you're drugged on lust, you lose your sense of life hierarchy. You lose your sense of purpose. You start putting, because this is something I've talked about a million times, and it seems so easy 
easy to ascertain and discern. When you look at it as a professional quarterback looking in the post, when you look at when you're when you're a backseat driver, when you can look at things in retro, it's like so obvious. When you're looking at your friends, how easy is it to tell when your friend is fucking up with their part with this new girl or this new guy that they're seeing? And all of a sudden, you realize this person's getting so attached. You know this is only going to lead uh, to fire. This is going to lead to bridges being burned. You can tell. It's so easy. Why is it so easy? Because you're not your consciousness, your state of consciousness has not been altered by the drug we know as lust. It has not been altered. So that's why it's so easy for us to see. It's so easy for us to see, which is why only through experience, not age. Through experience, not age. I said before, there's a lot of boys that look like men. There are a lot of guys that are walking around at 35. I have a lot of clients that are 35 that are, I've, I've worked with 40-year-old pluses. I've worked with 44-year-old 44 44-year-old lawyer who had two children, and he was still a boy in many ways. This is one of those ways. One of those ways to work. One of my guys in New York I was just coaching yesterday who is 35, 33 or 35, 35, 33, no younger than 33, and he still has this exact same thing. This exact same thing of seeing a girl allowing his life hierarchy to be completely derailed. And if I asked him, before, I asked him straight up, I said to you, how many times have you gone through the journey of crossing this threshold of going, not in these exact words, because I wasn't using love and lust back then, but for him crossing the threshold of going through a casual relationship of girl in which that you set up the open T's and C's of which that this is what I'm looking to do in life. I'm looking to explore, to adventure, to learn about myself. I want you to be free. I want to be free as well. You see whoever you want to see. I'll see whoever I want to see. And if at any time, if at any point in time, this doesn't work for you, you can always come back to me. We will reevaluate this relationship. And in doing so, there will be no guilt or anger, or frustration, or hate, if you want to peace out, because you saw, you wanted something more from this, another thing, another thing, another, another boyhood mentality, boyhood psychological mentality, which is denying the fact that there's a woman out there that doesn't see the long play, that doesn't see the long line, you know, girl, guys, they get into relationships, because a lot of the times, things start off poorly, not in an active way, a lot of the times, a guy and a girl, if especially going through a cold approach, especially cold approach, but but even just normal relationships that were set up through uh, social means or set up through work means, etc., getting drunk at a bar means, a lot of the times, well, let's just see what happens. Let's just see what happens. We'll see what happens here. Okay? But that see what happens from the man's perspective is a very different thing to what the female's perspective is. The female's perspective of what let's see what happens means is that, well, let's see what happens because I don't want to see him so needy and push him away, but really, I do want to lock this guy down. I do want to play the long play with him. There's not a woman out there who becomes emotionally, both on a physical and sexual, physical and sexual level, sexually, emotionally connected way, that does not see herself being with him in a long, in a long play, in a long line. It's just, she doesn't exist. I mean... There will be times in a life for a woman where, of course, all she wants is just casual sex. But even girls that just want casual sex right now, they are always screening. As, we, as are we, as are guys. We are always screening. Is this girl going to cross from lust to love? When I'm in the gym yesterday and I see those two dime pieces, I can recognize the lust for the fact that they look like an absolute time. They look like an absolute time with some coconut oil, for sure. But make no mistake, there's always a part of me that looks at them and goes but I'd also like to see them. But I'd also like to see them. 
And I know we've been flipping between a lot of different, uh, so many different things in my mind goes wild when I think about this stuff. But as we start to bring in this live stream right now, the main content to us, a bit of a summary before we start to open it up to straight Q&A and I'll dive into the comments there. So for those of you that want to get your questions answered around dating, relationships, social dynamics, start thinking about them right now. Also, if you're in the live stream, please drop a thumbs up down below. Helps out with the YouTube algorithm, sends it out to more people. Also, if you're watching this in post, drop a comment on the actual video in post as well. I would highly appreciate that. Also helps with the algorithm. But as I'm bringing it back here to Jay, and say I can't stop thinking about this girl, emotionally invested in her, pain in the stomach, also ties back to the fact that I can't have this, so I want it more. Hey, man, it goes, it's the exact same advice that I gave to Nice Smack at the beginning of this bottle is the same for you, is that I would not put too much money I would not invest too much. I would not back the fact that you've had this experience with many girls. Because if you have, and not through age, that was what, why that rant I just went on, not through age. Don't just, don't just think as you get older, you get wiser. No, there are many boys that look like men. There are many boys that look like men. Age does not equal wisdom. Experience equals wisdom. And only through the experience of getting in front of so many different partners, so many different girls, going through this journey of, ah, this girl's blowing my fucking mind. No, she's the most toxic person in the world. Ah, this girl is a little bit kind of meek. Actually, I got to see her for real. I got to see her for real when I put her in, in the guise of, it's just the garden, it's just the clouds and her and I, and it's just the green tea and chill. And I really just get to know, oh, fuck, this girl really let me see her. And I, and we actually connect now. And you just, and it, what? One week, five weeks, 12, and you get to see the difference between this. And this is why I say is that it's not numbers for numbers sake. It's not sexual experiences for sexual experience sake. It's not about notches on the belt. It's not about that's how mainstream views it. That's how the Harry Potters of the world see it. If you guys checked out that video yesterday, that's how the mainstream views it. It's just that they just, they see this, this journey as, and, and guys that want to get into more sexual experiences as purely just for the sake of the sexual experience. But to me, that's the, that's the kicker. Uh, you know, that's the kicker. That's, that's something that's nice on the side. That wasn't the journey though. And I said this to one of my clients the other day, is that just because a peach drops halfway up the mountain doesn't mean you forsake the journey of climbing the mountain altogether. You wouldn't forsake the journey just because you received a peach along the way. Okay? So that's what I'm saying to Jay right here is that experience my friend grab that experience as many as you can and please please observe your egoic attachments please observe yourself i don't i, I dropped the quote last week so I maybe i want to throw up a different quote today but maybe it's not even a quote but just something to think about here is that if you could check in with yourself when you're having these thoughts of this girl i would also check in with at the same time am i also focused on my life purpose am i also focused on this present right now this moment right now, this present moment right now. You start off these perspectives and you can start to uh, check your dosage on this drug of lust. I think that's a great way to finish it up. And it's a great way to finish this up, this love versus lust. So that's where now we are going to dive into. I was actually, I was actually, a story was popping up in mind of that girl in Miami, but I think maybe that might come back in. Maybe we'll tell it another time, but there's a whole video on it. Actually, for those of you for a bit of homework, if you really want to dive in on this, there's a video on the channel on the best of the best playlist called The Greatest Day 2 of My Life. And I truly learned the difference between lust and love in that very powerful, very emotionally powerful video. Check that out, best of the best playlist if you want. But what we're going to do right now, my friends, is open this up to the, to the live session, open Q&A. Open Q&A. So for those of you that have got questions, I'm going to go right back up 
this uh, top chat feed, this chat feed. If you guys, also the super chat is available. So if there's something that you really want to uh, get answered and really want me to dive deeper into, I will give preference to those on the super chat. I will give you my all. I'll make sure that gets wrapped up on that. Otherwise, I'll try and just make sure I see as get through as many of these questions as we possibly can. If you're in this live stream right now, please drop a thumbs up down below. I'd appreciate that. Helps out, helps out the stream, gets it sent out to more people. Share that love. And with that being said, uh, let's go. See, look, even in this, even in this chat box right here, it's like it's it's showing me the super chats, but it's not saying it's showing me the normal chats. So I'm gonna go right back up the top. Okay, so racing yeah so we've got that five dollar super chat from sharks so grateful 10 toast town boys there we go actually i went through some of these before worst time to do laundry yes uh ray singh says yeah adam great to see another one of these q a live streams thank you very much for being here ray i appreciate that racing says great insight on the russian bird you've made me realize that i have to screen even harder to achieve a quality relationship listen that's not even a question but that's a fucking hype point that's such a point that people just don't get and I've said this a million times, which is that, well, you think that guys that are in the cold approach community, they think that the cold approach itself is the 90 and that everything after that is the 10, that the day two, the handling of the day two, the logistics of the day two, that, that, that right there, it's like, I want to dive in on how much of a percentage that is, but hang on, there's so much more. The first time you guys get physically sexually connected the first time you guys emotionally connect on a sexual level the how you handle the logistics and t's and c's of your relationship i actually i went through a whole bunch of tactics on that before with the casual relationship if you're just joining it now check it back up afterwards but also then transferring from a casual relationship to a long-term relationship and then you compare all of that to just meeting her that is the 10 percent. sorry if i picked the mic there that is the 10 percent just meeting the girl is the 10%. Now, is it an unimportant 10%? Absolutely not. You must nail it. You must nail it. You must be able to set the frame between a masculine and feminine being, the polarized relationship between those two, which so many people fuck up, which is why I even have a job, which is why I even have, which is why I'm even able to speak in the way that I am right now and the journey that I went through. Back in the day, 10,000 years ago, this was not a thing. This is not a thing. The, the ability for someone to maintain and to be able to produce the very best of their 50 and from a man's perspective, to be able to play his alpha masculine role, there was no, there was no seminars on this. There was no podcasts on this. There was no, there was no uh, I do not imagine the tribal leaders sitting down with all the 16-year-old boys going, okay, guys, so direct, congruent, authentic, you're 50, intent, eye contact, vocal projection, body language, vibe, okay? We're going to look at this. We're going to look at your egoic attachments. We're going to look at all the different... All of the stuff that I go through. I don't imagine that being the case, the way that society is set up right now. And so to Ray, what was Ray saying here, which is that he has to screen even harder to achieve a quality relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. That, that is, it's like, that's the game there. And not even using that in the pickup way. That's just the game of the game, if you want to put it that way. That's the game of life, which is that the day two process is a screening process. That, when I see that Russian girl and she's blowing my mind off the get, I'm only looking at her and she's only looking at me. I don't see her yet. When we get onto the day two, oh, I saw her then. I saw her then and I walked away from her. I literally walked away from her. And you know, guys, I've talked to you. I made that great video, which a lot of you guys resonated with on the, 
how to deal with feisty alpha females. I had to walk away from a girl in that story. But I actually said goodbye to that girl. I said, well, see ya. I said, see ya. And I just turned around and walked away. This Russian girl, I didn't even say see ya. I just got up and left. That's a whole different story. It's a whole different podcast. And it definitely warrants its own podcast. So I would save it for there. But Ray, you're spot on. Okay, moving down these uh, moving down these comments. Guys, drop them in. Feed them in. Uh, Shuck says, in capitals, qualification is key. As a salesperson, it comes easy in that aspect. But with girls, it's so easy to get blinded by inexperience. 100%. 100% for, I would say it's 80-20. I'd say it's 80% of the clients that I've worked with. This is like deeper level, not just beyond all the people that I've seen in general over the last eight to nine years. But it's 80-20 split. 80% Mr. Nice Guys, which means that they are investment too ready. 20% are qualification too heavy. 20% of guys are, have the inability to be able to shut the fuck up, tone it down, and to actually just get real and just be comfortable and just dive into the rapport of things. Most people, most guys are just like you and I, shucks. Far too ready. Far too ready to be that Mr. Nice Guy. Far too ready to turn off the qualification and just get comfy which there is a time and a place for, but it certainly is not how an interaction should begin. Absolutely not. Okay, moving down here. Uh, yeah, Ian said morning, Adam. Uh, Ray, what are some... Ray's got a question here. What are some common objections you lads receive and how do you handle them? In brackets, it's girls' night slash I'm not here to meet guys slash why are you talking to me? In brackets. So there's obviously a lot of context missing for this, but just based on the questions you've just, or the examples you've just given me, it sounds like you're going out at night. So all of those right there, objections, I don't even see those as objections, Ray. And that's wherein lies the difference between uh, myself and I guess all beginners, right? All beginners. And when I say beginners, if you were to review that, view that as an objection, if you go up to a girl right off the get, say you're in the club, you see a girl, she's at the table with her friends. She got to her, yo, what's good? So you want to say hi or whatever you say. Or you didn't even say anything. You just walk up, handshake, look her in the eye. All right, and she goes, well, it gets any of the things that you just said. It's girls night. I'm not here to meet guys. Why are you talking to me? Most guys interpret that as, oh, I'm out. Fucking out. All right, why flag me, son? Why flag me? But for me, I interpret that as, oh, now we're beginning. Game begins now. Let's get started. All right, those objections right there is because now, of course, if you're in the night environment, it's preloaded. It's absolutely preloaded. It's very different to the day. For those of you that go out in the day, please take what I'm saying with the caveat of that I'm not really speaking in that light. If a girl says there's a day versions of that, which we can talk about, but for you here, Ray, to give you some tactics, if a girl says that at night, please just recognize that you should expect that. You should expect a girl at night to throw up that shield. If a girl that doesn't throw up the absolute... The, the wall of Bethlehem, the, the girl who doesn't put up the walls to, to keep the Huns out right, at night, I'm a little bit freaked out. I'm a little bit questionable of a girl. In fact, all the girls I think about that I met at night that were just walls down from the beginning, no objections, just straight in. It's, it, it, was, it never worked out. It was always something weird with that girl. I remember I had a client during the day, actually, who met this girl. I've spoken about this in another porter who... She was just straight down to fuck, right? Straight down to fuck's town right from the beginning. Literally from the open. From the open, she was just doe-eyed, anime-eyed with this guy. And she was telling him, she was telling him, take me, take me. And he was getting freaked out. 
he was one of my, he was a new client. He flew from uh, Canada down to Melbourne and uh, he freaked out because I was listening to this going like, why is it, I was listening on the mics going, why does it sound like my client wants to leave this one? It's quite clearly obvious that this girl actually wants to have sex right now. It's such a, such a rare, such a rarity. Anyways, I, basically the reason why I was going back on that is that it's weird. It's weird when a girl was that down. And yeah, that girl was fucking weird. That girl had psychological issues that cropped up throughout the rest of the interaction. Good lessons, good lessons. But at night, bringing it back here, Ray, is that expect that. Expect those logical objections. And when you, all you have to do is alter your interpretation of them. Instead of interpreting them as objections, the way that I interpret them as, oh, this is a green light. Let's go. Let's go. Because if a girl is telling me, if a girl says to me right off the get, it's girls night, or I'm not here to meet guys, or why are you talking to me? Especially that why are you talking to me? I'd throw it straight back at her. Why wouldn't I be talking to you? Straight into qualification. Anytime a girl throws me an objection, most guys would take that as an as a signal to just back down, to white flag it, to go, oh, fuck, no. And that's actually the same in the day as well. The moment a girl gives them a bit of chop, the moment a girl gives them a bit of hard talk, and then all of a sudden you, you just see that as soon as they am out. No, what she's asking for you there is that, let's see what this guy's made of. When a girl throws up that bitch shield, when she throws up <laughs> she throws up the Great Wall of China, all she's asking to see, are you willing to climb? And you want a girl who wants to test. You want a girl who wants to throw objections. So all you have to do, Ray, bring it back down to taxes here, hold your frame. Hold your frame. What would you be doing anyway? Regardless of whether she threw you this objection or not, you'd be in qualification. If this is the beginning of an interaction, which it obviously is, right? And you're going in off the open, well, it's straight off the open, qualification. So you're going to be challenging. You're going to be teasing. You're going to be... Everything that she says at you, no matter how... Ne- some of the some of the greatest nighttime interactions I've had started off looking like we're about to fight each other. So many of those interactions look like you're about to fight each other at the beginning because of just how animalistic and raw it is, such as the nature of night, which is why I recommend all guys who do day go out at night. Learn what it means to have to hold your frame under that pressure. There is so much so much more pressure at night. Now, obviously, there's a line to this. There's a scale to this in which that that girl, uh, if she's because. There's obviously the energy. It's, you know, she might be saying, why are you talking to me? But how is she saying it? Absolutely, 100%. If she actually looks like she wants you to fuck off and she's almost pretty much, not only will she say that, but she's giving you that look, that's very different. But a lot of girls will say that, why are you talking to me? You know, why have you gone to me? Who do you think you are? That type of stuff. But there's a glimmer. There's a spark behind their eyes. And as long as you're reading that, as long as you're present in the moment, you're looking into her eyes, you're reading the energy, you're reading the person in front of you, you will know how far to push this. There has been times, I remember in the woolshed, shout out to the woolshed at Adelaide. I was down there, I was with Roy, I think. No. Yes? Yes. No, I was with Roy. And uh, there's an outdoor area, outdoor bar. It's pumping, tons of girls. One of the guys who's a follower of the channel, shout out to Thomas, he bumps into me. He goes, oh, Adam, I love the content. I love this shit. And I'm like, oh, it's good to see you out, man. Thanks so much for coming up. And he says, and I say, so who are you here with? Because he's just here on his own. And I'm just expecting like, where's your boys? Are you out here with anyone? Or did you bring a girl? What's up? And he goes, oh, no, I'm just out here on my own. What a warrior. Our do- like, it's hard enough doing solo day game, but solo night game, for some people, actually, some people love it. But it's the far and few between. Solo night game is rough. And when you're first beginning, for sure. And he's just out there doing it on his own. And he just said to me, he's like, listen, Adam, I don't want to take time away from you, but if, if you do see me in an interaction, 
uh, you know, feel free to come up. Don't don't feel like I'm I'll be protective or anything. You know, I'd love for you to come in and you know just learn from whatever you would do or that type of stuff. I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever. We're just here having a good time. So, anyways, he goes back off on his night. I'm I'm talking to these girls. Roy's in, and then all of a sudden I see him. I think I walk past just at one of my interaction ends. I walk past this Thomas dude, and he's in an interaction where he's got a girl next to him. They're kind of like against a, against a bar. There's a girl next to him in his outdoor area, and there's another guy and there's another girl. And so I just come in and I'm like, you know, what's going on? Introduce me to your friends. I can quite clearly see that it's him and this girl. He's trying to, you know, get down with this girl. And so as the good dude thing is that I just start taking care of their friends and I'm just observing. I'm just listening to what Tom's doing with this girl. And I'm noticing that every time, well, who's in control of this interaction? She is. She is because it feels like she is Queen Cleopatra. Right, she's Empress Cleopatra, and that he's just there serving her. That was the dynamic between this man and this boy and this woman. She was in control of the frame. Big no-no. And whenever a time I sense that a girl is getting a little high on her own supply, she's getting a little too high on her own oxygen, I want to bring her down. I want to challenge her up because that is the absence of what's happening here. Tom has not been willing to challenge this girl. He's not been willing to set the frame with this girl. So... Uh, I've, I get done talking to her friends and I'm like, okay, I'm going to have a play with it. So I direct my line of conversation to this girl and I just, I look her at the eyes, in the eyes, I start talking to her, I have some play and I notice that she's starting to be, she's, she's putting up a lot of shield. She's giving me very short, very curt, very aggressive, almost in a way responses. And I literally just say straight to her face, I'm like, listen, you're not having a good time tonight. You do not look like you're having a good time tonight. And if I say, as I'm saying it to you, as I'm looking at the camera, for those of you on the audio, I say it with a smile. I say it with some light behind my eyes saying that, you know, I'm, I'm being cheeky. I'm being cheeky, but it does not look like you're having a good time tonight. I want to know why. And the first time I say that, she just goes from zero to 100. She comes at me with all fire and goes, listen, you need to leave right now. <laughs> she goes, you need to leave right. But as if she was about to pull a... Uh, pull a nine mil out that's what she looked like she's about to do and tom next to her he's like eyes are like fucking blown he's like first off at the fact that i was even willing to front up to her and just call out her poor behavior like because you don't let a girl get away with that you don't just let a girl get away with her poor behavior in general human beings in general you call it out and so he's blown away by that, but then he's probably more blown away by the fact that we're about to fight each other it looks like we're this girl and i are about to fight each other but and you know what's interesting is that if I was, if it was just her and I, just her and I in this interaction, I would have stayed in. But I recognized that by me being here, I was fucking up the interaction or it was going to, it was just completely blowing Tom out of the water here. So what I do is to preserve the interaction between him and her, I decide, okay, all right, I see you. I see you. This is not your night. So I'll peace out and I go back off my own interactions. Now, what I was bringing, I'm not even sure why the point of what that's, you can go back as to the actual main reason why I brought up that story. But in general, at night, back to what Ray was talking about, you know, like embrace, oh, the qualification, the qualifying, and just not just qualifying, but being willing to stay your frame. Stay your frame no matter what. If you're getting objections at night off the, off the get, do not back down. Do not back down. The moment you back down to a girl's logical objection, whether it be in the day or the night, you lose. You lose immediately. You go from being a masculine being to now being a bull, bullshit beta male because you weren't willing to hold your frame. That's it. So we went deep on that. I'm going to dive down now back into the more questions. Ooh, we got a lot more questions to go. And as uh, as I said last time, I'm here, I'm here. I'm going to make sure all these questions get answered at least for 
at least for an hour. We've got at least an hour here. Hold on, let me just fill up my matcha bowl. And if you guys are in this live stream, drop a thumbs up. I'd highly appreciate that. Drop your comments down below. And if I if it looks like I get to the end of the questions and I haven't seen your question, uh, please just just repost it. Like I said before, copy and paste it and repost it because that's what happened last time. Holy fuck, I just spilled so much of this water. Okay, so going back up here. Hope that helped you out, right? Uh, I get deep on this shit. I've got to, I've got to learn to I'm going to wrap this shit up. It's almost like we're in a podcast though. Oh, Ian, you're in Sydney. For some reason, I thought you were in um in the UK because you said morning. Because I know that it's uh it's super early in the morning for the UK. All right. Um, okay, so slept so long. What a name. What a name. Slept so long says... Uh, oh, hold up, hold up a second. We just got a super chat from Sharks with the 10. All right, so this is what I say, guys, that if you guys come in with a super chat, I'll bump you right to the top of the line, especially $10. $10 Canadian super chat from Sharks. Arigato gozaimashita. Oh, man, so grateful, so grateful. Thank you for all the super chats that come into the channel. That $10 that Sharks just donated right there goes straight back into the channel. That does not go towards uh, the green tea and chill that I have with a girl later today. That goes straight back into. Actually, I set up a whole different bank account actually just for, just for bowl expenses, and that's where that goes straight back into. So thank you so much, Sharks. So we got a super chat question here from Sharks saying, "Tiny tangent, but what are some paths you would take to become socially present and fluid in Konos meditation, Tai Chi, etc. In interactions, I seem to get lost in thought and lose my polarizing frame." frame. I don't quite understand what you meant by and in Konos. He says, tiny tangent, but what are some paths you'd take to become socially present and fluid? I think he might mean in Konos medit. I don't know what in Konos means, but if I just if I just eradicate that word, I'm not sure what that means. Maybe you can feel that in jokes. But what are some paths you'd take to become socially pleasant, present and fluid in meditation, Tai Chi, etc. In interactions, I seem to get lost in thought and lose my polarizing frame. I understand what you're saying. Just that conness word is throwing me off. I don't know what you mean by that. But okay. So if you're getting lost in your thought and you're losing your frame when you're in interactions, the number one thing is, do you breathe? Do you take conscious breath? I was doing, I was coaching one of my younger guys uh, through Skype uh, just to hear the other day. And we did a recorded session. So that's one of the one of the things you guys can book through the website where you can book HD recorded sessions. And he booked and when I sent him the recorded session of our time together, I he got back, he said to me, just reeled off, is like he completely just went through the 50, 60 minute session. It was an hour session. And he just completely broke down his 50 and he noticed that he's super unpresent. That is like the difference between you and I. In fact, I'll even read it out. I'll just get it. Oh, hopefully it won't take too long to get this up. I'll just go into my WhatsApp here. Give me a sec. But it's uh, it's quite relevant. Just give me a sec. Uh, so he goes right here. He says, uh, "I noticed that how erratic my eye and head movement is compared to yours." As in, he's talking about me. I look quite uncomfortable in myself, and I can see what you mean now. I notice especially how I get caught up in my head with lots of thoughts, and then trying to pick what to say, whereas you just speak. All of my issues with being overwhelmed and not making decisions make sense now. <clears throat> they radiate from my default mode of being. And what I said to him was this, my biggest help, my biggest tip to help you improve 
in this particular area is uh, just in the form of a question. How many times did you consciously breathe during our session? To you right now, Shucks, when you're in front of a girl, how many times do you do this? And for those of you on the audio, I just closed my eyes and took a breath. Now, you don't necessarily need to close your eyes. It helps. Is that so many guys... So many guys are afraid, so afraid to just close their eyes and take a breath in interaction as if that would force the girl away, as if that would make the girl go, oh, I'm out, <laughs> as if, like, who the, this guy's some fucking alien because he closed his eyes and he took a breath. I don't want to be around this guy. It's like, I say this, you need to shut the fuck up. You need to shut the fuck up. Sharks, if I was able to listen on your interactions, you're telling me right now that you get lost in thought. That right there, lost in thought. If you're lost in thought, that means you're in here. I'm tapping my skull right now. You're in your skull. You're not in front of me. Life's not thinking. Life is now. Life does not exist within your own thoughts. When you are consumed by your own thoughts, you are no longer living life. You are living a potential reality that is disconnected from the current, that is disconnected from what is actualizing in front of you. So, with that being said, and you understand the mentality and the mindset behind that, tactics now, because you mentioned the Tai Chi, you mentioned the meditation, absolutely. Having a meditation process, uh, practice, and I've said this many, many times, having a meditation practice does not need to step into the spirituality. You do not ever need to get to a spiritual place and to use meditation to access a spiritual understanding of yourself ever to gain the maximal benefits in a social interaction from a practice of meditation. All you need to do is do five minutes in the morning and five minutes at night. And that right there, just committing to that process, will set you out on the path of learning what it means to just focus in this moment right now. Just this present moment right now. Now, whether that means and how that manifests as you, well, I'm going to sit down cross-legged in front of the stars, or I'm going to sit down cross-legged just in front of a candle, and I'm just going to breathe, and you just focus on your breath. That's all I do. I do meditation both morning and night, different ways, different... For those of you that follow me on the gram, I often put out my nighttime meditations where I take the Dalai Lama's profound and uh, analytical and profound method where I choose a lesson from the day and I analyze that both on a logical level and that starts off the meditation. But then let's say, for example, what was last night's meditation? Uh, hmm, can't even remember. Just, there's so many of them. I'll get it now though. I got it last time. I got it at the last session. I talked about it. Last time it was chaos and uh, harmony in the chaos. I'm just going to bring it up here on Zeolgram at Uitang1. By the way, if you guys are in the stream, drop a thumbs up down below. Drop me a comment with the comments for sure. Super chat comments just get boosted up. Uh, last night's meditation was, how many lives do you reasonably expect to live? This is a lesson from one of my coaching sessions yesterday that I was doing with a young man. And so I'll, I'll start off my meditation with that. Where it's just the it's the uh, it's the rock salt lamp, it's the candle, and it's like how many lives do you reasonably expect to live? I logically break that down. I logically break that down as many times as I can. What does that mean to me in all different respects? And then once the logicality is burnt away, then you switch the profound method. So analytical method, then to the profound. And the profound is well, instead of now thinking about what it means to embody the lesson of that that lesson, now it's feeling that lesson. So then you go to feel all of that. That's when the mind shuts off. Now, that's just the Dalai Lama's analytical and profound method, which I have been using for about a year and a half or so, I'd say now, maybe even longer. But you don't need to do any of that. You can just breathe. And when I'm bringing back down this head of sharks, if you're getting lost in your thought, what that tells me is that you do not have the strength 
You have not built the strength through the reps of what it means to be able to get caught in thought and then to recognize that and then to bring pull yourself back into this moment. And it's not just through the sit down. It's not just through, as we would say in Zen, the sit. It's not just through the sit. And I said this to a guy, uh, shout out to Xander, who sends me emails quite regularly. With meditation, what I find to have produced the greatest return on investment, if you want to look at just efficiency of time, is not the sit down 20 minutes in the morning and the sit down 20 minutes at night. It is the other 23 hours and, and 20 minutes, the other 23 hours and 20 minutes of my day in which that I am mindful every single moment, in which that I am actually just drinking the water. I did a podcast called How to Cultivate the Ultimate Presence. I would highly recommend checking that out. It's actually one of the most, it's in the high 90s, I think. Or maybe it's in the 80s. It's in the high 80s or high 90s on the pod, on the podcast, Bottled Your Podcast, How to Cultivate the Ultimate Presence. And I go through the tactics, the catch yourself of when you're actually drinking the water. Are you actually drinking the water? And so I'd say that you just have, you have a weak, you have a weak, your, your muscles are weak. Your muscles are weak. They have not been trained. That's what sit-down meditation does for you. That's what Tai Chi does for you. That's what uh, shooting free throws do, does for you. That's what cold showers do for you. That's what hot sauna does for you. That's what anything does for you that forces you to focus on that moment at hand. And anytime you stray off of thought, have to bring it back. Stray off of thought, bring it back. Because that is, if there was a goal to meditation beyond the spiritual, uh, sorry, before the spiritual, it is purely the training of that muscle. You win at meditation a meditation session is one, the moment you recognize you went off into thought and you brought yourself back. You have just done one rep. You get one rep in, more reps in. And also there was something there that you talked about losing my polarizing frame. You lose your polarizing frame between the masculine and feminine when you disconnect from the moment for sure, but also not entirely because there are often times where you are connected to the moment, you are present with the moment, but you lost the polarization because you weren't willing to lead. Now, why you weren't willing to lead, that is the interesting thing. Why you weren't willing, and leading, don't just think of leading sharks as a purely sexualized, don't visualize that in a sexual way. Don't just, just, don't just keep it only to that because a lot of guys get confused with leading. Well, leading is just me taking her hand and me putting my hand around the back of the neck and then me just kissing her and then me taking her to the bedroom and then me having sex with her. That's, that's leading. That's leading as it manifests in a physical manner. Leading happens on an emotional level. And why you stopped doing that, and I see this with so many of my clients, why they stopped leading the girl in an emotional way, in a sexually polarized emotional way, is actually more of a tell, far more telling than it is to just look at his physical actions. You'll often see when I break down my client's footage in the field, when we're breaking down on day game immersive bootcamp foundations, and I'm looking at it, you can often tell that there is an emotional breakdown before there is a physical breakdown. It's not that he wasn't willing to take her on the instant date, and it was in that moment where he wasn't physically willing to lead her, where maybe he said, okay, well, listen, I've got five minutes, I'll have to take you not allowed to take you, but I got five minutes and uh, let's go chill. Let's grab a green tea. Let's go for that coffee. It wasn't that moment where she says, um, actually, I've got to go meet my friends. Actually, I've got to go to work. All right? And she's saying it just like that with a linger. With a linger. We talked about this in the last Q&A, the last live session. It's not about what, or it was the last potter, I think. You know, not about what she's saying. It's about how she's saying it. 
right? And it's not in the moment there where he then says in response to that, oh, oh, that's okay, that's okay. It often happened well before that. There was often an emotional dip. There was often an emotional breakdown. You'll see it in hesitation. You'll see it in stuttering. You'll see it in that he did not assume it. This is the biggest tell in that one example. I will always be able to tell whether an instant date is going down or not based on whether there is an air of assumption or not. If he says to the girl, would you like to come for a coffee for the next five minutes? Not going to happen. It's not going to happen. I can never say 100%, but 99.99% times is not going to happen. I have not seen it happen. The only time an instant date goes down is when the man leaves that frame and the emotional sexually polarized structure is there in which that, you like, well, listen, I'll send up for a tea. I'll send up for a coffee. Go back to day game session three when I said to this girl, listen, well, you're going to meet your friends, but I'm going to walk you down this way and we'll go up this way. Boop, and you already see my body move. You already see my move. That's the other physical thing. You see a guy that who's polarizing this relationship and this interaction, shucks, is that your body will often unconsciously do what it needs to do before you've even told it to do so. That you just, it's become ingrained. Because you're already in that frame of mind, it would not make sense if your linguistics were not matching in that way. So I'm bringing this back down here because I know we're starting to go off on major topics, major tangents here. But bring it back to the polarization of your, and maintaining that because I think you're really just looking for tips right now, which is that I would ask you to not only simultaneously erect a process and a practice in your life where you train the physical strength, the mental strength to observe your inability to maintain presence and be able to bring it back. Oh, getting lost in thought, catch that, bring it back. Whether that is five minutes in the morning, five minutes at night, that's a real easy way to start. Whether that is uh, just going, making sure, for me, I love nature, getting out into gardens, getting out into the presence of things under the waterfall, under the moon, under the stars, whatever it is for you, where you can just train that and get into that present moment that whether it's focusing on breath, whether it's transcendental meditation, where you're focusing on a mantra, where you're doing the Dalai Lama's analytical and profound, whatever it might be. Erect a erect a, a gym. Give yourself a gym where you can train that, but it's actually more so the mindfulness, your ability to catch yourself. And then bring it down to your sexual interactions and your polarization. You're losing that polarization. I would look far more deeply into why is it that you emotionally break down? Why is it that you emotionally stop leading? Don't look so much at the physical. It always starts with your psychological and emotional. Just the fact that you weren't willing to move first and assume this instant date in that example, that's not so much what I'm concerned with. I'm concerned with why did he emotionally make that decision? What emotionally led up to that? And whether it's because I can only take a swing, you have to look at this for yourself. Is it because you don't feel entitled? Is it because you don't feel like you're entitled? I've seen this with a lot of clients. A lot of clients, a lot of guys just don't feel that they're entitled to be able to take this attractive girl on an instant date. They don't feel like that they are in a position that they have done the work, that they have the success limiting beliefs, that they're just not the type of guy that would be attracted. I was working with a guy yesterday in Los Angeles, shout out to B, who has this intrinsic belief that, well, why would any woman be attracted to me? Now that's going to lead to a lot of emotionally psychological breakdowns that would not allow this guy to maintain a sexually polarized interaction between the masculine and feminine. So you can see right here, this is what I'll be working in with, deep stuff. Now, Shucks donated, has donated $15 through Super Chat in this one session. So of course, I'm going to spend the absolute utmost time I can to try and bring as much value as I can to him. So I'm so grateful. So thank you so much, Sharks. And hopefully that brings you some value, my friend. And I know that I dived into a lot there. <laughs> we went into a lot there. So for those of you that are watching this live stream, and for Sharks, uh, this will be 
posted. This will be posted on the YouTube afterwards. But I'm also I'm going to be stripping the audio and making a whole podcast out of it. It's going to be a new podcast. Uh, well, it's it's going to be on the same channel of the podcast, Boulder Joe Podcast, but it won't be like BDP social Q and A. No, it'll just be social Q and A episode one, social Q and A episode two. And I was working on the intro for that, so that'll be up later on as well. So with that being said, for those of you that are in this live stream, please drop a thumbs up. I really appreciate that. If you're enjoying this content, let me know you enjoy it. it helps out the algorithm, send it out to more people, and uh, also drop your comments as well. For those of you that would like to get that intense, that intense. Uh, breakdown that I just gave to Sharks, feel free to donate to the Super Chat and that'll go straight back towards the channel, anything you donate there. Otherwise, I'm going to go straight back up to these questions. And I was up to slept so long. I was up to slept so long just before I recognized that Super Chat. So slept so long says here, how long have we been fucking going for, by the way? I just want to look at this. Uh, we've been we've been going for like an hour and 10. Hang on a second. It's getting super bright. I'm just going to, I'm just going to tone down this for a second. Give me a second. It's getting outrageously bright in here. My apologies to those of you on YouTube that are getting uh, getting your uh, retinas burnt out. So let me cross cross back here. So we normally go for about an hour and a half, but I'm willing to go longer. If I'm willing, to, I'm willing, I'm here. I'm here for you guys. That's what this is. I just want to give back through donating my time and my expertise to you know for your journeys. That's what it's about. So slept so long says, do you ever find yourself attracted to girls with the same psychology? It's not even his whole question. It's not even his whole question. I'm already getting fucking... I'm getting lit by that already. So the rest of his question was, is that something you have ever correlated in your experience? What a question. What a question. Slept so long. Thank you. For, that is a beautifully written question. I've never even heard a question written phrased like that. That's amazing. That's beautiful. Do you ever find yourself attracted to girls with the same psychology? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Uh... All of the girls that have the same psychology as me, I love, I love them to death. We're great friends, we're great business partners, but we never have sexual connections ever. When I was a portrait and fashion photographer and videographer, there was a model I worked with. Shout out to Amy, Amy Hancock. And we did some great work together. And while she was absolute dive piece, absolute dive piece. If Amy's watching this, uh, just incredible, incredible. And, but I never saw her, I never wanted to try and erect a, se- <laughs> can we use that word, never wanted to erect a sexual connection with her because our psychology was so similar. She was a, an alpha female, 100%, in the sense of, you know, that type A, get shit done, just push forward in life, super, super just aggressive about getting shit done in life. That's my psychology. And so I never felt, I never felt sexually connected to her in that way. I never felt, I, as in, in the wise words of George Costanza, I, d- I didn't feel it move. I didn't feel it move. It didn't move. So, so that's why. I, I, so to your question there, you ever find yourself attracted to girls with the same psychology? You know, it's, it's it's seldom, never. I'm never really, never really. Girls have the same psychology as me. Is that because I'm just? It's boring. Is it because it's boring? There's a part of it. There's a part of it because you you're essentially dating yourself. You're essentially, you know yourself so well. It's, you're not getting any, there's no spice of life coming from this. There's probably a part of that, but I don't think that's number one. I think the number one is that a sexual connection is born through the flame of polarity. Through the flame of polarity, do we have a sexual connection between us? So if I look back at all the connections I've had with girls that have been sexually polarized, 
They often have very different psychology to me. They often look at life in a very different way. And that often leads to butting heads. That does lead to fights. That does lead to, at the same time, for the potential for there to be a fight between us also has the potential for us to have the most incredible sexual connection, the most incredible, the most incredible night of passion. That those two things can't can't exist without one or the other. They exist within each other. And I don't think you could ever find that in someone who has the exact same psychology as you. At least as far as I've seen. At least as far as I've seen, I've not seen that. Uh, yeah, and actually, I think just the, by the laws of polarity, by the laws of the connection between a masculine and feminine being, that we aren't attracted to those that are so damn similar to us in psychology. That doesn't mean that we don't share similar interests. That doesn't mean that we can't get down on the same Game of Thrones. It doesn't mean that she has to be about Game of Thrones and you have to be about Vikings. No, but when I think at core levels though, just the way that we perceive life and I think about all the girls that uh, I do perceive life in a very similar way. I'm just never sexually connected. It's a great question. Great question. Uh, da, 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 da. Ray Singh. Okay, so moving down the comment lines here. Ray Singh says he's got a serious case of one-nighters. Uh, two options here. Ask her out to hang out, see if the vibe matches or get rejected and come back stronger. Two options here. Ask her out to hang out, see if the vibe matches or get rejected and come back stronger. I'm not sure exactly what you're talking about there, but we'll keep moving. Um, oh, Shucks said convos. I think that's, yeah, I, th- I had a feeling that's what you meant, but he's kind of just throwing my mind off, so I left that out. Okay, St. Louis. St. Louis comes in with his first question saying, make sure I got this. Adam, what characteristics are important for monogamous long-term relationships to last? Ooh, big question. Big question, Louis. Let's not take an hour with this one. <laughs> what characteristics are important for monogamous long-term relationships? So let's go along the lines. Uh, Louis, I'm not sure if you're here for the start of this uh, live stream, but if you have, if you want, once this is done, go back and listen to the first 20 minutes, which the content on love versus lust. I'd say the most important characteristic for an important, uh, the most important characteristic for a monogamous relationship to last is do you see each other? Now, if you haven't seen the start of this video, you have absolutely no idea what I'm talking about. Maybe you did, but let me fill it out for you. A monogamous relationship, when you burn away all of society, when you burn away your job, when you burn away your uni, your career, the fact that she's going to this uh, this 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 college to the other guy, to Jay at the beginning, who sent me that, and you're going to that college. When you burn away what type of the way you eat, the way she eats, the type of training she does, the type of training you do, her friendship circle, her family circle, when you burn away everything, and you just get to the core of the relationship between you and your partner, Louis, do you see each other? That is the number one characteristic. That is the most important thing. And what does that really mean? What it means is that have you been vulnerable enough of each other to remove your masks? And you're no longer just looking at each other, but you see each other. You you see each other for all that you are. In a monogamous relationship, it's everything. All relationships, it's everything. Because if you aren't willing to do that with each other, then I can't see how a relationship can maintain itself. From there, and I've said this in other potters, from there, you guys can build your lives out. From there, if you guys have a raw connection between each other in which that we can honor and feel that when we take away the money, when we take away the cars, when we take away even 
the extended family and we take away our, our careers and where we are in life and we just get down to the simplicity of it is that do we have a connection, a raw connection that blossoms through and has crossed the threshold of lust and is now in love, true love. And I, this is something that I wanted to say back at the beginning, but it just never quite popped up and it dinged in my mind, which is that the way that you know it is love is that it lasts for all of time. True love does not burn away. Being in love burns away. The masks burn away. But when I look about all the girls that I have truly been in love with, I still love them to this day. And I will love them forever of time. Does that mean I'm still in love with them? Absolutely not. The passion is gone through there. The passion burned away a long time ago. But when you look at what love is, because that's what love is, what real love is, what true love is, is being able to recognize the person in front of you and truly see them for who they are. To be able to take that mask off and be vulnerable enough to take your mask off and have them see you as you truly are. And if you ever got to the point in a relationship with someone where you were able to remove your mask and you were able to convince them that they could be vulnerable enough with you to be able to remove their mask, last for all of time because you've seen them. You've seen them. Now, does that does that doesn't not mean that you two need to spend the rest of your lives together? But when I think about all my previous partners, all the previous girls I've been with there, we truly could have said that, yeah, we loved each other in that moment and that we did love each other, I still love them. I still love them. There is because I saw them. I saw them for who they were and they saw me for who I was. And whether my most recent uh, girl that I, was, that I was in love with, that we had a true love connection with, uh, that was years ago. And we haven't spoken, not properly. I haven't spoken in years. Shout out to Jay. Haven't spoken in years. Yeah, I still love her. Absolutely, I still love her. Am I in love with her? Absolutely not. Haven't spoken to her in years. She doesn't barely crosses my mind. However, the true love is always there. True love is always there. Whenever you see someone, this is also goes for the same in non-sexually polarized interactions. Just your friends. Your friends that, you know, you talk about ride or dies, where you talk about people that you have in the trenches with you, people that people that you would defend the walls with. You love them. You love them because and you would only have them in those positions with you in life because you have seen them as who they truly are. That's what it is. So that's when you ask me, Lou, what is the most important characteristic for a long-term lasting monogamous relationship? It's like some other coaches or other people might tell you, they might say, oh, well, you've got to have good lines of communication and you've got to make sure that you respect each other's free time and your, and your spare time. And I'm not disregarding any of that, but that's all surface. That's, that's layers outside of the core. That's the stuff that you build upon your lives together. I don't give a shit about any of that until you get to the core and you are actually vulnerable enough to be with each other and say, I see you and you see me. That's it. That's it. From there, you can build your lives out. And if at any time that core is starting to crack, that's when you need to revisit it, cut away all the bullshit, get back to that. That's what I'd say. Uh, beautiful. Also, just to the end of your question there, when you say, uh, for long long-term relationships to last, I would remove the last part of it, as in the last last. I don't think any relationships should be set up with the premise that this needs to last because what are you attached to there? That's a whole different conversation. Let's keep moving here because I want to uh, I wanna get to some more of these questions. For those of you that are in the live stream right now, thank you very much for being here. Drop a thumbs up if you're enjoying this content. And also, if you guys are watching this in post, please drop a comment down below on the actual video itself. Helps the video get ranked up and sent out to more people. So, uh, Ian Keister comes in with, Hey, Adam. <clears throat> hey, Adam. 
What are the ways you deal with situations of higher pressure? Like when the girl can't leave, in brackets, bus, bus stops, trains, in brackets. How do you execute your three principles in those situations? I love this. I fucking love this live stream because look at that. You're going from, you're going from the end play with Louis. You go from the end play of this, of this core, core deep shit. Now it's a straight tactics, dating tactics. I love this. This is what the uh, Q&A live stream is all about. Dating, relationships, social dynamics. Let's get this. So... When the girl cannot leave in high-pressure situations, this is highly nuanced, Ian. This is the nuance of where I say that, because I say that, yeah, the principle is direct, congruent, authentic, always. However, there is nuances within all of it, even within direct. (laughs) That's beautiful, because that's what I'm about to go into. Even within direct, right? Of course, I'd say 99% of the times, you can't go wrong with being direct. You can actually, I say it's 100% of the time. You can't, you can never go wrong with being direct. All you can go wrong with is your social savviness around being direct. And this is a huge nuance. So for the absolute beginner, for the absolute newbie listening to this, who has barely even learned what it means to bring the best of his 50 through a direct and congruent and authentic way, straight up balls to the wall of a girl. Do not even entertain what I'm about to say. Do not even go, go do not even run right about and say, but I'm going to give you the example of being on an airplane. A girl can't leave. Do you think it's socially savvy to be sitting next to a girl on a plane and to just turn to her and say, hey, listen, I think you're beautiful. I think you're sexy as fuck. Which we would definitely be doing out on the street when a girl has the ability to leave. It doesn't seem socially savvy, does it? Doesn't, does, it seems like you're having a bit too much pressure there, doesn't it? Because you're about to sit down for the next 14 and a half hours from LA to Sydney, from Melbourne to, uh, to LA. It doesn't seem socially savvy. Now, does that mean you have to then go, well, if I can't be that direct, well, how the hell am I going to convey the fact that I'm a masculine being and I recognize this feminine being and I want to make sure this is sexually polarized with all the bullshit of being indirect? Well, this is where we dive into the nuance of infusing the indirect words with the direct masculinity. Okay, now this is not your main stake. This is not what you do all the time. This requires experience for sure. And I would not be telling an absolute newbie to do newbie to do this. But and this is how I always to bring it to give you tactics of how to know the difference of how you know you're doing it right. Is that Ian? There is a very big difference between the way that you look at your grandma and the way that you look at your ten. And in within that nuance, you learn the difference of what I'm about to say, which is that when I turn to this girl and I'm looking at this girl who's sitting next to me on the plane which is that I can be just as direct of her. I can be just as masculine of her. I can be just as sexually polarizing of her without ever using a verbally direct word because I've learned to convey my 50. I know how to convey the sexual energy within me and I've learned to connect within that and to connect that to the present moment with the woman in front of me. And so that when I say to her, you know, <laughs> let's give you a real example, this, this Kiwi chick on the way back from Canada. All right, I say to her, I was like, so what are you just are you just an all time sloth because because we, <laughs> we were talking about we we're talking about how uh, she doesn't train she doesn't tra- we're talking about training we're just like before the plane takes off we're talking about physical exercise and whatnot I'm not sure how we got onto it but you know I just say to her like are you just an all time sloth right you would never say it's like that to a girl that you're not sexually interested you would never say that in those words with that with that polarization to your grandma but you can for sure. For sure, when I'm saying it to this girl who's sitting next to me on the plane, I say, are you an all-time sloth? It's not, uh, you, you could never say that in a beta male neediness-derived way because you'd be far too risk-adverse. You'd be far too worried about pissing her off, about 
oh, what if I if I rock the boat with this girl, then maybe she won't like me. Right? Then of course, then you're not gonna you're not gonna say things that have bite to them, that have challenge, that have tease. Because when you say to a girl, I think you're beautiful, you can fuck that up just as much. You can completely derail and detach all sexual polarity with those words. It's just that we take the words because it gives you the highest chance of not confusing it. We use those words when we're beginning because it's easier to be able to convey your masculinity when you're having to use more masculine words, more direct words. But make no mistake in that when you're in high-pressure situations, to bring that tactics here, which is that it's just about conveying your 50 bar the words. So yes, use indirect words in high-pressure situations when you're in a bus, you're in a train, when uh, you're on the plane because it's more socially savvy. However, what that does mean is that you have to go harder on your 50. You have to be harder on conveying your masculine intent through how you're saying it, through your eye contact, through your vocal projection, through your body language, and through your vibe, right? So I know it's a, now this is a nuance. It's absolutely a nuance, which I would not be... Uh, I so that's why you don't train this. That's why you don't train this. This is why you don't go out and look for these situations. That's why I would never say to a guy who's starting a 30-day challenge and go, okay, so try to meet girls on trains. Try to meet girls in high-pressure situations. No. Go and make it easy for yourself to be able to build your 50. Go out into situations such as the street, such as the club, in which that girls are free to leave so you can be as verbally direct and bold as you can to carve your 50 out, to bring the best of your 50, learn what that means. And then you can learn the nuances within. Sweet. I think that answers that. Uh, okay, so moving down to the next question. Uh-uh-uh. Jason Larry says, oh, message retracted. He retracted his first message. Uh, so did YouTube retract that? Or did he retract that? I'm new to this. I don't know what that means. So he sent, he put another message under it saying, jokes apart. I have a feeling you're one of those people whose content isn't important right now, but in a hundred thousand years, men and boys will worship you. Stay authentic, quality over quantity. Cheers. So that's like a that's like a bit of a backhanded compliment. <laughs> I'm not sure. Is it? You can't offend me, but I understand what you're saying. Even though the way that you're saying it is, uh, it's a little bit. Uh, it's a how would I say confrontational. <laughs> it's a little. Uh, it's a little backhanded. It's a little backhanded. I understand what you're saying though, um, and I appreciate it. I appreciate uh, you recognizing the authenticity of what's going on here, Jason. Thank you. Moving on, uh, Ray Singh says, "Great answer, Adam. Cheers for the insight." Uh, whoop, whoop. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. We just got another super chat from Nice Smack. Uh, nice Smack. Did you catch up? We just got a $10 super chat. Thank you so much from Nice Smack. Nice Smack. So super chats always get uh, bumped right to the top. I'll now go in hard. I'll now go in hard on uh, this guy's question. But for those of you that, if you've just joined on the live stream, and I don't know if Nice Smack, if you've been in here since the beginning of the live stream, because this is the first time I'm seeing you commenting, but this entire live stream, well, the content is based on you. Do you know that? Do you know that? That if you go back to the beginning of this live stream, love, uh, love versus lust, it was from your question on last week's live stream. So I thank you so much for being here. And let me just read out your question. So he goes right now, a nice smack with that $10 super chat, straight that which goes straight back to the channel. The girl that rejected me also works with me. Every time I see her, my heart races, or my heart race. Uh, how do I truly be her friend and not feel pain or never wanting her? Also, any small guy killing it in game 
So I, I have absolutely no idea what you mean by the end. Could you give me some, what do you mean by that? I don't know what the last bit means, but anyways, you've given, there's plenty there at the beginning. So anyways, the beginning of this potter was based on the love versus lust with nice smack here. And so this is good. This is like a follow on. This is interesting. An organic follow on. So the girl that rejected me also works with me. Every time you see her heart races, how do I truly be her friend and not feel pain or never wanting her? So what I'll do is I'll have to ask you a series of questions. Because when you say to me, how do I truly be her friend? Why do you want to be her friend? Nice, Matt. These are the questions I'll have you ask. So what I'll do is, not right now. Don't answer right now because this stuff requires internal engineering on your part. What I'll say is that what you need to do, straight tactics, if you're one of my clients, and I'm treating you as one, what I'd have you do is that after this live stream is done, and you'll be able to rewatch this on the YouTube live stream and also on the audio on the podcast when I strip it up, I would have you have a night on your own, and I'll get your journal. I'd get you to create a journal, whether that's through Evernote or whether that's through uh, through pen and paper. And this is the first question I'd ask: is that I would write down, get you to ask yourself, why do I want to be your friend? Okay. Number two, you say here, and not, and you say not feel pain or never wanting her. Why do I want her? Why do I feel pain over her? These three are the top questions, right? And you need to dive in. And you need to dive in because you're asking me, how do I truly be her friend? I'd ask you, why do you need to be her friend? How do I truly not feel the pain of being with her after she rejected you? Why do you feel the pain? And what I'm alluding to right here is that what this will do for you, nice smack, is that it will help you to illuminate your own attachments. Because what you're describing to me right here is a buffet, a cascade of attachments, egoic attachments. And that's why I am not so uh, so foolish. I'm not so foolish to sit here on this live stream and put you on the spot and get you, because I would. the questions I'm asking you are the questions I would spend an entire hour with someone who paid for a coaching session and that I have a relationship with that I know that we're going to dive in deep here. Okay, so I'm not going to spend an entire hour on this but I want you, I want to fast track this so you get the most value from it, which is that this, this, is where, this is where it ends up, which is that obviously you are attached to something here. You are either attached, and I'm just going to throw out a few here. I'm going to throw out a few, but I don't want you to confuse this as this being yours. I'm just going to throw out the ones that I see are the most common. Most common ones here. When guys get rejected by girls and they still want to be her friend, right? Often that tells me that they still just are lucky to be in her presence. Well, what does that say? They seek her attachment, uh, her validation. They are attached to her validation. They just want her to recognize them as a human being in general. What are you attached to? You just ask that question. What am I attached to? What is that guy attached to? He's attached to the person outside of himself at the core level, for sure. For sure. If you're looking at this one here, of especially with the wanting and the lusting over her, the desire of her. That was the second guy if at the back of this live stream with Jay. That was Jay who's saying, I'm feeling so much pain over this girl, the pain of never being able to see this girl again. Right? That was the second, the second part of the context of this. He's attached to the potential future. He's attached to the potential future he had envisioned for those two. And now that that's been ripped away from him, he's feeling pain, causes him pain. Absolutely. Listen, listen at the core level. All of your pain in this life is rooted in attachment to something. Your pain does not exist in this current present moment. Please observe this nice smack. 
in the current present moment, right now, what's happening right now, it's just now. It's just right now. When I take that deep breath and I catch into this truly moment, when I'm in this live stream with you right now, connecting to this truly moment, there is no pain. There is no future atom. There is no past atom. There is no atom. There is no concept of atom. When you're thinking about this girl and you see her at work, right? I know it's tough. I'm not, I'm not disregarding, but this is your journey of growth. And if you want it easy, why is this so tough? Why is this shit so tough? If you want it easy, then it would not be the journey for you to walk. The journey would not present itself if it was easy because then there would be no lesson to learn. If you feel pain when you see this girl at work, when you, when you feel this lusting and this desire to still be with her and to have her recognize you as a masculine being, even, even though at this point she's decided for her own sake, I just don't want to be with you. I don't, this is not, not for you right now, for you and I right now. No, right? What you need to look at right there is, oh, let me breathe. Let me breathe into that. Let me absorb all of that and then let it go. You choose to hold on. And this now goes back to my Hurt Locker videos. It's not so much that, so much the question of how do I let go of my Hurt Locker? And for sure, nice smack. This is in your Hurt Locker right now. The question is not so much as to how do I let go of my Hurt Locker? The question is, why are you choosing to hold on? Why are you choosing to hold on to your hurt locker, the pain inside? Why are you choosing to hold on to the pain of this girl rejecting you? Make no mistake, you are choosing to hold on. Whether it's conscious or subconscious, there is a body within yourself. There is a locker within yourself reserved for this woman. And you choose to maintain its existence every single time you dive into that thought process and pattern with her. So what I'll say to you is that you need this internal engineering this night on your own. And as you can see, it's so in-depth. It's so in-depth. And because you donated to the Super Chat, I've taken you deep water here. I've taken you into a place right now which you may not be ready for. 100% you may not be ready for. The, question that, the questions I've just asked you and the conversation we've just had are the questions and conversations I have at a minimum have already had at least 30 minutes, 45 minutes of just listening to my client in front of me where I've just asked question after question after question, dived into his psychological framework, his paper walls within his mind, and then I would ask those questions. Listen, I don't have the benefit of doing that with you. But in this super chat, if I can do something for you, it is to ask you to have the night on your own in which that you go back over this potter, you go back over what I've just done with you right now, you ask those questions, you observe your attachments, and that you don't, at the same time, you simultaneously harmonize that with that this is a journey, that... This is not something that, if it is difficult, should ever be loaded upon. That this is not something that I should look at and go, well, if it's tough right now, fuck it. I'm always going to be this way. It's always going to be this tough for me. No, it's the journey. And the journey would not be worth walking if it did not present itself some level of pain. The pain's there for the reason. And so I would have you embrace that if you would so choose. I would have you look at that pain and go, mm, let me dive in. Let me not avoid that. Let's not avoid that. Let's not construct more paper walls. Let's tear them down. Let's clear out this temple and let's see what's really inside here. That's what I would say if you're here right now. And I thank you so much for donating to the Super Chat. It has absolutely blown my mind that you were willing to donate for that. And uh, it's, uh, I, just, I, I wish you the absolute best in your journey. I can sense the pain within you just in the way that you phrase that. And I would say that your pain should wrap this up because I will go forever on it. Just please no smack. 
that the pain does not exist in this moment right now. The pain exists in the future, in the past, exists in your attachments, pre or post, okay? So, wow, that was deep. Wow, that was deep. For those of you that are on the live stream right now, if you're enjoying this content, please drop a thumbs up. If you're watching this in post, please drop me a comment with your thoughts down below. And, uh, you know, how long are we going for here right now? We've been going for oh, over an hour, almost an hour and 40 minutes. Almost an hour and 40 minutes. So what I'd say is that, how many questions have I got to go through here? What I'd say is that, okay, I've just received a question from Ivan Lopez. I'm just seeing at the bottom of it. Don't worry, I'm, I know there's questions before that. Well, there's not too many. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say right here, what I'm going to say right here is that Ivan is the last question I'm going to address because we've gone for an hour and 40 minutes here. I'm going to have to wrap this up. So no more super chats. For those for those of you that did sub, uh, subject to the super chat, uh, donate to the super chat. I thank you so much. Please don't subject. Why don't I keep subject? Submit. That's the word I'm looking for. Please don't submit any more. Please don't submit any more questions. I'm going to wrap up these last ones because uh, I do have to get out of here. So... Uh, just going back up through the feed. So racing, yep, great answer, Adam. Cheers for the insight, no problem, my friend. Um, Fearless Dan is in here. What's up? What up, Belch? Uh, okay, so Fearless Dan says, Hey, Adam, as of late, I've been obsessed with games, sex, and money since I've moved to a new city and I've been in a hustle mode. I've been getting results and new lays, but I've noticed it's coming from the wrong place. Chasing external validation and external results and feeling worthless, rigidless, I'm pretty sure he means worthless, unless I'm meeting new girls and getting new results. How do I bring back that innocent, carefree vibe? Dan, great question. And the question I'd have to ask you is that why did you get into this to begin with? You're asking me, how do I bring back that innocent, carefree vibe? Why? What? Number one, why do you want to bring back the innocent, carefree vibe? That's number one question. Why? Is what happened? Same thing with nice Mackie. You need it. This is not stuff as well that I want you to trigger response with. If you're in a session with me, I would, if you trigger whenever I'm working with clients, whenever someone gives me a trigger response, I say, hey, 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 slow down, breathe. Whenever someone doesn't breathe before they give me a response, what? Breathe. So, because this is not stuff, stuff that I'm, I want you to do work after this. If you are trusting within me to give you the respect of spending time to answer your question here, what I'm saying is that take time with this after this session. Number one question is, why do you want to bring back that innocent, carefree vibe? What is it about the external validation, the external results, the game, the sex, the money, the game, the sex, the body, is that how you said it? It was actually. Good memory, Adam. What is it about those things that is causing internal discontent for you? Illuminate that for yourself. Always get down to why first. Okay? Because inherently, and this, and if you're asking, if you think about why would Adam start with that, is because the game, the sex, and the money are intrinsically neither good nor bad. They have no intrinsic nature. That is why, that is why, it goes both ways. This is why in the Diamond in the Diamond Sutra, they talk about this a lot. They talk about this a lot, that your attachment to being anesthetic, your, your attachment to the reduction, your attachment to the minimalism. When you look at people that 
attached to the spiritual. They are attached to the, the positivity. That's just as bad as being attached to the negativity. It's just as bad to be attached to the game, sex, and the money to be attached to the opposite, to be attached to the, to the monkist, to be attached to the, uh, to the stoicism. To be attached to the never enjoying of the fruit, never enjoying and never being able to sit back in the moment and to be able to enjoy in the fruit that did drop at the peach tree peak. It's just as bad as each other. And attachment is an attachment. Just because we label, it's, it's easier. Just because it's easier to see that that money, game and sex, as you said, game, money and sex could cause issues. But I know that Dan produces a lot of content on the NoFap. It is just as diabolical it is just as destructive to be attached to no fap as it is to be attached to the fap to relate to your con to your your concepts down which is why i always look at what we attach to either way what are we attached to because these things the fap itself the game itself the sex itself the external results the validation itself they mean nothing they have no internal meaning. They have no intrinsic meaning. They only have the meaning that you place upon them. I know plenty of people that use tremendous amounts of wealth for tremendous amounts of good. They do incredible things with their wealth. Does that mean money is bad? No. I know guys that are sleeping with three to five different new girls every single week because they're in this absolute immersion period where they literally said, I'm going to spend the next three weeks of my life, take the next four weeks off of work, and I'm just not even going to rock up because I want to just now say, I'm going to take my four weeks leave. That's it. And I'm going to go ahead and move to a different city. And I'm going to spend every single day, every single night going out. I know I've, I've some of my clients. I've got clients that are like this, that uproot their entire lives just to be able to work on their social dynamics, just to be able to work on their romantic side of their temple. And so that by the process of that, yeah, they're, they're sleeping with three to five different girls each week. If you're going out every single day, every single night, ridiculous amount. Now, the opportunity obviously presents itself to become attached to the validation of those women coming into their lives. But intrinsically, it doesn't. Intrinsically, it doesn't, not until he comes to it. Not until we see what he does with it. Not until I see what my client does with it. When I ask my client, when I ask my client, listen, were you good the day before? Were you good the day before? When he's telling me about this girl, even though he slept with three new girls this week, but then all of a sudden there's this one girl he gets frozen on. This one girl you get hung up on. And I asked him, listen, were you good the day before? What do you mean, Adam? Were you good the day before? Well, well, before you met this girl, were you okay? Well, yeah, I was good the day before. So what does that mean? Will you be good the day after? Dan, with your money, were you good the day before the money came? And good doesn't mean egoically content. Good means were you alive? Were you existing? Was there a version, was there an incarnation of Dan that existed before game, money, and sex that was good? Was there a being within yourself before Dan existed that was good? Before even Dan existed, if you want to get down to the core level, these are the questions that have to ask yourself, okay? And then we just make sure that, and just bringing it back up here, you talked about, you know, how do I bring back that innocent, carefree vibe? I wouldn't even worry about that. The innocent, carefree vibe, I don't, I don't think that's a prerequisite. I don't think that's even necessary. An innocent, carefree vibe, because that's something you can just as easily be attached to. You can just as easily be attached to an innocent, carefree vibe and saying that I must maintain the... Because listen, sometimes a girl needs more than an innocent, carefree vibe. Sometimes a girl needs the teeth. 
Sometimes, a lot of the times, the girl needs, how about another one of these? The girl needs an extremely, an extremely aggressive masculine energy to lead her. Sometimes a girl needs that. And if you're attached to the innocent, carefree vibe, you're not going to be able to provide that for her. She's going to turn you away. So don't be attached to that either. Read the person in front of you. Let go of your ideas of who you think you are, who you think this girl is, and just read the person in front of you. Be in there in that present moment. That's what I'd be looking at. I think there's plenty there. So, uh, for those of you that are in the live stream right now, as I said, please do not drop any new uh, questions because I said after Ivan's, which is the last one, that the last, that's the last question we're going to get to. So... Uh, just going back up the questions here. Uh, Anil Kumar says, Hey, Adam, love from India. Shout out to India. What's good? Uh, St. Louis says, Cheers for answering my question, Adam. I completely get your point. No worries, Louis. Wishing you the best, my friend. Thank you for your support. Um, nice. Max says, Thank you. Thank you. Nice. You got a lot of work to do, my friend. And I, and also for those of you that did donate through the super chat, please send me an email. If you are so inclined through bulldozer.com in the about section, there is a contact form right there where you can send me an email and I'm more than willing in the post. Once you've taken my feedback and my advice here and you do the work, send me an email. I'll be more than willing to have some back and forth of you through email more than I had would have with the average just to uh, honor the fact that you donated to this channel. So thank you so much. Also, just Adam at Baldridge.com. But Baldridge.com, you can send me a, a form through there. So just finishing up here. Yes, the last question is going to come from Ivan Lopez, who says, hey, Adam. Hey, Adam. Oh, hold up. Hey Adam, much love from Mexico. Oh, Mekishka. <laughs> I have difficulty with girls that have strong frames. Like I'm really decent with regular girls, but the feisty ones, dot, 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 is it a matter of practice? I even blush. <laughs> In brackets. I have difficult, I have I just, I love the contrast from the, the, the deep philosophical with Dan to the straight dating uh, tactics of Ivan. Listen, if, Ivan, if you are, just to bring in straight tactics here, if you have difficulty with girls with strong frames, what that tells me is that you do not have enough experience in front of girls with strong frames. There is no book, there is no ebook, there is no seminar, there is no one-on-one with Adam that exists that will teach you what it means to maintain your frame in front of your 10. And listen, I don't imagine that there is a guy out there whose 10 exists without a strong frame. Your 10 is your 10 because she has a strong frame. There, I, I, unless you're just psychologically twisted, and I'm sure there's a lot of you out there that are, but it's it's not the average guy. Like you've got to be pretty messed up to be, the, to be going out there thinking, my 10 is a weak, meek girl who has no confidence in herself, who has no brimming electric feminine energy, and she's just this dulled out, light bulb this light bulb that's barely going like that's that's you're gonna be pretty psychologically messed up that's not most guys ivan if you're like any like if you're like the average dude sorry uh sorry on the camera there uh if you're the average dude your 10 is want you want her to have a strong frame you want her to be this just on fire girl now listen that doesn't mean that there's obviously a scale to it some guys like uh some guys like it to the extreme but at a bare minimum your 10 is going to have a strong frame. What that tells me is that you do not have enough experience in front of your 10s. So, in so facto, get in front of your 10s more. Even in your question, you said here that um, I'm really decent with regular girls. 
I'm really decent with regular girls. What that also tells me is that you spend most of your time in front of regular girls. How else would you know that? So this is, uh, this, it's actually very simple. It's actually very simple. It's like you say, is it a matter of practice? Yes, it's a matter of practice, but it's active practice. It doesn't happen on its own. It's not just for you specifically. I would not send you out there if you're one of my clients going, yeah, just keep going about the way that you're going. No, what I'd say is that for the next week, you are only allowed to meet the girls that scare the shit out of you. You are only allowed to meet the girls that actually cause you to sweat, that actually cause you to go, where you actually skip heartbeats, where your heart rate rhythm, your variability goes off the charts. That's what I'd say to you. You need to be active about it. So that wraps it up right there. Uh, that's it. That's it. I'm just looking at the comments here. Nice fact, small guy in your boot camp that nail it. Um, yeah, actually, <laughs> yeah. Oh, so I see what you mean. Just small guys kill. It. Uh, dude, uh, almost all the guys that I coach have been short guys. Short, your height has absolutely nothing to do with it. And actually, this might be the next poll. I got a question from a guy saying, "How many times have you been rejected uh, for being short?" Uh, zero. No woman rejects you because of your height when you get into a masculine-feminine interaction off the get in a pure moment. I'm not talking about online. I'm not talking about Instagram. I'm talking about when you have a masculine-feminine interaction. Uh, your height has nothing to do with it. Uh, and that's, it's, a whole different, it's a whole different podcast. It's a whole different video. I've made many videos on it. It might even be the next Q&A live stream. How about that? But we've been going for almost two hours here. And so we're going to wrap this shit up. So, my friends. My friends. I thank you so much for diving into episode two of the social Q&A live, how to tell the difference between love and lust, love versus lust. I highly recommend if you're watching this on the live stream right now, please in post, please go back to the beginning for sure. Well, I guess, no, no, if you're watching live right now, when this is put up afterwards, go back, go back and watch the first 20 minutes. Absolute fire. For those of you that are watching this in post, please drop a thumbs up down below. Please drop me a comment down below with your feedback because that helps the video itself when it's all said and done. Also, I'm going to be stripping the audio from this and launching it as its own podcast because uh, I noticed a lot of people say, oh, I love the audio for this. I want the audio for this as well. So so I, I would really, uh, I just really appreciate the feedback. You guys can send me emails. This uh, episode, of course, is brought to you by bulldozer.com. You guys can pick up that ebook, book one on Sky Coaching, dive in for the foundational immersive day game bootcamp, son. That's all through bulldozer.com, and I uh, really need to take a piss. So that's where we're going to wrap. Oh, holy shit. Hang on, hang on. It's in the super chat. We just got to receive another super chat from Infinite Paradox, a $2 super chat. That goes straight towards the channel. I'm so grateful, my man. And he just says thank you. He just says TY. I, listen, man, you're, uh, just you being here was always more than enough. So I thank you so much. And listen, guys, every single Friday, social Q&As. Every single Friday for the for the foreseeable future. I'd like this time better. I'd like your feedback though. But the 10 a.m. on Adelaide felt good. So anyways, guys, I'm going to wrap up this live stream now. It will be made available on YouTube afterwards and then also on the podcast. Thank you very much for diving into this episode of Social Q&A live, my friends. If you would like to connect with me, the best place to do so is on the gram at uitang1, double O-I-Tang-1. Also, if you missed this live stream but would like to join in on the next one, just on YouTube at the bowl. Every Friday, at least for the foreseeable future, we will be doing this at 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, which is Adelaide time, converted to your city, of course. And I would love your feedback on this episode as well. Whether you want to slide me an email at boldoja.com, or you want to slide me a DM on the gram or on YouTube, drop a comment, that'll be most appreciated. And of course, this episode is brought to you by boldoja.com. 
where you guys can pick up that crash course to kick us day game, get your day game sorted, pair it up with a 30 day challenge, you'll be sweet. Also booking one-on-one -on -one Skype coaching where you guys can dive into your limiting beliefs, create action plans to create change in your actual life. And if you'd like to become a bowl insider, which gains access to priority messaging, priority session bookings as well, which I cannot do for everyone. It's only for the bowl insiders. You can also book those through the website. And also for those of you that really want to dive in deep and attain the freedom of choice in your dating life, be anywhere and be in any state, see that woman that you're so much attracted to, coconut oil style, <laughs> and be able to bring the best of your 50. And of course, day game foundational boot camps. You can sign up for those at olatpodojo.com. Also, if you would like to donate to this podo, you can do so by donating anything that you wish through the PayPal link, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I. And anything you guys do donate is so tremendously appreciated. It's, uh, it blows my mind. So thank you so much. And of course, I'm wishing you all the very best in your life, the very best in your journeys. Thank you so much for being here with me. Much peace and much joy. Ciao.